0: Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads, sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine-to-five. So, get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. We have another great episode today. I wanted to bring Tara on today to kind of give. A different insight into a whole different community and lifestyle of living abroad um, she's also living in bali but she works for the embodied awakening academy as a tantra teacher and there's so much i think interesting things to learn about this and i'm so excited to hear your story hear more about it and to have you on this podcast so thanks for coming on You're welcome thanks for the invitation it's fun of course. To share. <laughs> i'm super excited So why don't you just give a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, give us a little background into kind of how you've gotten into where you are now and how you've gotten to Bali and a little glimpse of it all.
1: Sure. Well, my background was actually 17 years as a marine ecologist in Australia. And then I came across Tantra and I've been spiritually seeking my whole life and actually spending 10 years on and off in India, which was like my second home. And when I came across Tantra for me, it was the missing piece and everything resonated very strongly with me because it it brought relationships and sexuality and mysticism and unconditional love and boundaries into everyday life. So after about five, four, five years of journeying with that, um, I think the more that my personal growth expanded and I was tuned more into my body and what I wanted for myself in my life, it wasn't to be doing a nine to five job in front of a computer every day, doing something that I was no longer passionate about. And as life kind of was guiding me, It was very much away from my mainstream kind of matrix job and jumping off that cliff into the unknown and just trusting that if I follow my heart and what I'm truly passionate about, and it's all that I talked about was Tantra because it impacted my life so much and I could see it impacting other people's lives so much. So I took that leap of faith and just thought life is too short to not do something that you're passionate about. So that was about five years ago. And I jumped off that cliff and left my job. And within about a week, started working for the Academy. I didn't quite know what I was going to do or within what capacity, but I just knew I wanted to support Chantelle Raven, the founder of the Academy, be involved as much as I could. And I guess fast forward five years from there, And a lot of the work we were doing in retreats were global and international. So pre-COVID, we were traveling a lot to anywhere in the world that people would pretty much invite us and say, Hey, our relationships suck. We're not connected to our sexuality. We're not in our power. What do we do? Because mainstream kind of healing modalities haven't worked. We get a lot of people saying that they have done psychology, psychiatry, counseling. NFT and and a lot of other kind of healing modalities, and they're still having the same shit come up. Um, so we get a lot of the people who are kind of like at the end of the run of their healing journey, going, "I might as well give this a go," and then they're like, "This is what I've been looking for my whole life," which yeah. was which was my story as well yeah and then bali we had a retreat here with 63 people one week before COVID hit we had to cancel oh wow that was interesting i'm sure (laughs) and um and i just decided to stay it was the push that i needed to 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 kind of live the dream that i wanted for myself which was to live in bali i just thought i can't do that i need to stay in the safety of australia but it kind of again life just kept guiding me and i think you know that's such an important part of people who choose this path of being digital nomads is like following the signs and following the flow even if it means risking losing so-called safety i would call more security
0: definitely and i think that here i am yeah that risk is the big part of it you know so many people are afraid to take the risk but at the other side of that risk and that fear is that great reward that you can have. So it's like, if there's even the smallest chance, I would you that you can get everything you want, it's worth taking the risk. So it's awesome to hear your story. And I think that- Mm, I love that. Yeah, it aligns very much with a lot of the guests on here in terms of the fact that almost no one who came to Bali who I've interviewed ever intended on staying in Bali for a long period of time. So they came for a month- (laughs) or two and then they always come on like yeah I came for a short bit I stayed for a year I stayed for two years and it has this welcoming community that I think is so awesome Um, so it's great to just hear another story of someone who's you know gotten to experience it all
1: yeah and because I still was running um, a lot of limiting beliefs around money and around trust and surrender to life and so what I did, which I think is, is really important and helpful for everyone to do, is if they're in that kind of unknown and they can feel that maybe it's their limiting beliefs and fear that's keeping them from taking that leap, that we never want to make decisions from our fear because that's contraction. So it's never going to expand us into who we want to be and living the life of our dreams. So I asked people in the community who I really trusted, what do you think? Am I better going back to Bali where my house is, my mortgage is, my friends are, my dog is, or should I take that leap and, and live in Bali? And and these are people who had made that leap and they shared their journey with me. And so that gave me the inspiration and trust that okay, others have done it. It is possible. It really is a mind frame. And, you know, I'd been working a lot with mindset and manifestation. And it was just that next leap off the cliff to kind of make that shift and, and commit to Bali.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. So I'd love to know, like from a very basic term for people who don't know really anything about Tantra, like what is it exactly? What does it entail for someone who really doesn't know? There's two main parts to Tantra and the
1: first one is inner union. And the second part is sacred union and inner union is the relationship with yourself. So a lot of people are unaware that we have masculine and feminine energies within us. Mm -hmm. Every human being has masculine and feminine energy within us. And the premise of that is that we live in a reflective world. So whatever we're experiencing in the outer masculine in relationships or the outer feminine in relationships is just reflecting parts of ourselves that are still not whole or complete. So really Tantra says the path to awakening is through the body, hence why we're the Embodied Awakening Academy, not through the mind, but through the body, because that's where our cellular memory and nervous system is. And that a huge part of that path to wholeness is first of all, finding that within, And so, half of what we teach is this inner union piece between our masculine and feminine. And instead of trying to fulfill the missing pieces in ourselves through the external, which is an impossible gig to lift up to, live Mm -hmm. up to for anyone, you know, we project that predominantly on our partners. You make me feel safe. You make me feel loved. You make me feel validated. You bring me joy. You bring me happiness, right? It's endless. Mm-hmm. It's endless. The demands of, of what we want our partners to give us because we're trying to find it outside of ourselves and we'll just get our ass kicked again and again and again. Cause the answer is always the same, the answers within. And so it's a really beautiful framework where we're working with our inner masculine and feminine to meet our own needs and get to know ourselves better. Cause it's the only relationship actually, that we're guaranteed to be in for the rest of our life is with ourselves and how much attention do we really give that, you know, and what that means is that when stuff comes up in relationships when stuff comes up in life and stuff comes up in work, instead of pointing the finger and going, well, you're doing this and you're doing that when a trigger arises, it's about pausing and bringing that all within and going, how does that make me feel right now? And can I just be with my pain? Mm-hmm. And our whole fucking society is allergic to feeling pain, rightly so, because we've been brought up with don't cry, don't be too much, take this tablet, numb out with alcohol, numb out with food. I was the biggest addict in all of those areas, numb out in TV. Yep. And so for me and a lot of people, the path is just to be with pain because the degree to which we feel our pain is the degree to which we feel our pleasure, actually. They're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So if we're numbing ourselves to pain, we're also numbing ourselves to pleasure. We cannot have one without the other. It is impossible. We live in duality, pain, pleasure, light, dark, chaos, peace, feminine, masculine. And so the path to inner union is really, Going with the flow of life, and when we hit a roadblock, rather than distracting and running, we have curiosity and go, huh? Okay, I've had a big trigger. I'm fucking angry right now and want to rip off my partner's head, or I feel absolutely devastated and abandoned, and I want to go hide in a corner. Can I just be with that? Can I be with that sensation? Can I be with that experience and let that energy actually run through my body and give it expression? Mm-hmm. So we're just giving expression to whatever's coming up in life, whether it's pleasure or pain. But pain is actually the portal into our quickest growth as human spiritual beings. And so there's a bunch of, like, practices and tools that we do where our pain usually has around 20% to do with the current situation and about 80% to do with our past traumas and our pretty much our upbringing between the ages of zero and seven and the imprint from our mother and father. Mm -hmm. And so through our triggers, we get to go back in time and feel what we couldn't feel back at those younger ages or back at those trauma points and give that expression and let that free from our nervous system. And when we do that, it gives more spaciousness in our body and clears out this stuck energy in our nervous system clears that out for life force energy to move and life force energy is sexual energy mm. it's what created you it's what created me it's what creates every fucking living being yeah. on this planet and yet it's shamed it's massively in shadow on the planet and there's no education around what healthy sacred sexuality looks like yeah and so then that's the second part of Tantra, which is sacred union. And Tantra says that relationships and love making is a path to awakening that is equal to that of meditation and stillness and presence and awareness. And it's utilizing the energy that creates life on earth and gives a full bodied experiential orgasm of bliss and that state of oneness to heal, to open, to connect with a beloved—not just an animal, but deeply, intimately at the heart and at the cosmic connection as well—which
0: is much more fun, I think, than sitting in meditation all day yeah. and getting <laughs> sore knees. No, that's awesome. I think it's a really great, you know, explanation of what it is and what it embodies. Because I think there's um, a lot of not misunderstanding but a lot it's not understood for tantra especially my own you know personal experience coming before bali knowing really nothing and then kind of seeing in front of me or having friends go on retreats or things like that and me being so curious wondering what it is Mm -hmm. so my question is when you guys you guys have have tantra retreats do you do them then specifically for people to go on their own do you do them for couples are they separate you know separate types of retreats how do people kind of get involved in it if they're you know curious about it
1: yeah most of our work is open to couples and singles because it applies to people either wanting to attract a relationship or people mm-hmm. in a relationship and it's the same principles for everything it's either easy either, either like a preparation and clearing of the past to enter a healthy relationship or it's clearing of the past and working with the emotional body and the energetic body to improve the relationship so i think you know, what you were talking into about the misconceptions around Tantra, it's it's rightly so. Like there's there's a lot of dodgy plant, Tantra on the planet mm-hmm. as well. And you know, it's a shame because that's then what gets kind of exposed and then talked about. But yeah. for example, at our retreats and workshops, there's no nudity, there's no genital touch. It isn't needed. And actually, majority of it is around the, in the union piece and then energetics of connecting with other people in a, like safety in a safe environment is the number one kind of foundation for healing and for sexuality and for healing of past trauma is safety. So if that container isn't safe and there's sexual energy and emotional energy flying everywhere, then it misses, it misses the whole point in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So what does a tantra retreat usually look like, um, for someone who, you know, is interested in joining one or wondering kind of what it's about? What does it kind of entail once you're on it?
1: Yeah, it, it's essentially an environment where people get to explore themselves and maybe parts of their being that they haven't yet been able to access where they go on a deeper journey with themselves. And they're looking at their emotional body and what's holding them back from opening their heart Mm -hmm. and connecting to people in deeper, more intimate and vulnerable and honest ways. And they look at what's stopping them from communicating their needs or setting healthy boundaries in relationships. And then they're looking at their sexuality and any fear, guilt and shame that resides there and they're working with clearing that. And then there's always beautiful paired practices that we do. Couples always stay together and then singles get paired and there's always different levels of connection that they can go mm-hmm. to. So. Boundaries and honest communication is key. And the workshop environment gives people an opportunity to follow their no's of like, nope, I just wanna sit and not have any physical touch Mm -hmm. and follow their yeses and say, hey, I really vibe with you. Yeah, I wanna dive deeper into this practice with you within the container of no nudity and genital touch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just love it. Every, every, every workshop and retreat that we run, the opening circle is like, I'm shit scared. <laughs> Majority of people, <laughs> I don't know what I've gotten myself into. And at the end of it, it's like they came for one specific thing or maybe some curiosity at the, at the end of it. They're just like, this is, this is actually what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. It's not just about relationships. It's not just about a sexuality. It's about a way of life that says yes to life rather than is in constant resistance to like, well, that shouldn't be happening. And I don't like that. And I don't like what that person said. And it's using every moment and every experience as an opportunity to clear the past and expand into more joy, into more love, into more freedom, into more passion. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah yeah we get a lot of
1: happy people (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) and I'm sure like I can only imagine I even my one of my friends who went to a tantra retreat in Bali was like I showed up and I had no idea what I was doing I had no idea what to expect and she came out and she was like it was actually more than I ever imagined it was something much more deep and I think all of us were kind of like is it like a sex retreat like what is it because everyone kind of has that misconception (laughs) of it just being like the you know karma sutra Mm. type ordeal within like a tantra retreat but she was trying to explain to us like it's so much deeper than just like that even that aspect of Mm. the sexual part of it she was like the part just about me i've been able to unlock and kind of work on was so amazing
1: yeah, and I think the key point there that people really, really end up getting is that what happens inside the bedroom is always a reflection of what's happening outside the bedroom, within the partnership and within their own lives. And so people who are kind of going straight for got to work on our sex life, there's a place for that for sure, and we definitely go into and address that but there's so much beneath that, that is the foundation for an amazing thriving, healthy sex life that you can teach someone all the tools, all the postures, all the energy circulation, all the connection points. But if they haven't cleared and worked with the foundation, then it just isn't embodied. It's just a mental exercise and practice that doesn't really go anywhere and keep growing organically itself. So we're really passionate about giving people both the psychological and mental understanding because that, that's important for the mind to understand what's going on and why, and then just take it into the body through breath, through sound, through movement, which is the three portals into the body and into the unconscious, that then they're seeing lasting change and they're not just coming to a workshop and going, oh, I went to a tantra workshop and it was really cool, but they're actually seeing their life shift consistently mm-hmm. and that that the tools that they have, they just keep working and they keep expanding. And that's what I love about this work so much.
0: And I think that's really awesome because in all relationships, whether with yourself or with somebody else, if you don't, I feel like tackle the things that you're kind of dealing with inside or traumas or, you know, past childhood things, you do hold yourself back from allowing yourself to have those positive and impactful relationships because you're not dealing with the previous stuff. So, do you think that there is like mm-hmm. a top practice or a top behavior that people could kind of be aware of that, you know, you use in the tantra world to kind of help pivot their life or to help take that first step forward? Great question.
1: <laughs> so, I would say for people who are attracting the same type of relationships again and again, or they're not quite feeling fully met in their relationship. A great process that kind of fast tracks a lot of the, a lot of the work is to write a list of everything they want from an ideal partner, either that they're not receiving in their current relationship or in a past relationship that they want to. So that could look like, I want to feel chosen. I want to feel prioritized and then be specific. I want to be taken out on date nights twice a week. I want to have consistent love. And what that looks like is every day being told how beautiful I am to have sensual touch and to have quality time with my beloved. So you write that list of what your needs and wants are and do that first Mm -hmm. and get real with that. And then the second part, is to write the list in the eye. I choose myself. I prioritize myself. What does that look like? I take myself out on a date night once a week. I talk to myself lovingly every day. I give myself loving touch every day and I give myself quarterly quality time every day. And when you rewrite that list in the eye, you'll see where you're not showing up for yourself actually. Mm-hmm. And you can't expect someone else to show up for you and meet your needs if you're not meeting your own needs. So this is a nice way to trick the mind and to work out where those gaps are in where you're actually not meeting yourself. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: this is then essentially a self love list that you look at every day. So when I did this list, maybe six months ago, the thing that stood out to me the most was I prioritize myself. And I was not prioritizing myself. I had all these um, problems digestively and all these cleanses to do that I'd just been putting off. And I'm like, wow. And I really don't give myself enough quality time. So I started implementing these. I would had a trigger which, with my partner, which is what instigated this list. I'm like, okay, what is it that I want? <laughs> and then I turned it around and turned it within. And then I started meeting my own needs. And I prioritized myself. I was taking myself out once a week on a date night. I was giving myself really quality, nurturing time and doing the things that I needed to do to meet myself. And he just started to move towards me in those areas that I, want, that I wanted him to, mm-hmm. that I desired him to naturally because he could feel me filling my own cup. And so it created more polarity, which is, which is key in relationship. And then he started to move towards me in those areas. And I'm like, this stuff just works like magic. You do the inner work, the external reality changes. And if it doesn't change and your partner then isn't meeting you in those areas, the other side of how this works is you're getting the actual embodied imprint of what it's like to have your needs met because Mm -hmm. you're giving it to yourself. So this is how we increase our self-worth and increase our self-love and actually when we're meeting our own needs that confidence and that knowing of our own worth grows to the point that if we're not experiencing that in our external relationship, we naturally become a bit disinterested because mm. we're like, well, this feels pretty good. My life's pretty good. You know, I'm like prioritizing playtime with my girlfriends, hangouts, I'm inspired and you're just being a bit lame. (laughs) And so then you have a conversation and the other part is honestly communicating. And when you're real with what you need and you're meeting your own needs, then you have that conversation. And I've, I've done this with my partner who's absolutely amazing. But when I feel like he's dropping the ball or becoming complacent, which is super easy to do in relationships, Mm -hmm. I do this process. I meet my needs. I fill my cup. And then if I feel like he's not doing the other side of the work, I communicate vulnerably, not from a triggered state. Mm -hmm. And I say, babe, I'm feeling really sad at the moment. I'm needing more consistent love. And what that looks like to me, because you always want to be specific because we have different perspectives and experiences based on our past of what love looks like, what touch looks like. And what that looks like is that every day I'm receiving loving touch from you. And you're injecting the relationship with like words of love and adoration. And because my self love and worth was so big, I genuinely was willing to let the relationship go if he couldn't meet that. Cause I know that I'm worth that. Mm. I'm absolutely worth that. We all are, but I knew it because I was giving it to myself. And so this practice we have to risk losing love every time we communicate And when we do that, it's the greatest act of self-love we can give ourselves because we're radiating to the universe and our partners. I am worthy of this. And if someone can't respect and love me in the way that I deserve to be loved and yearn to be loved, then okay, we're incompatible. Thank you. And you know, I'll, I'll open to the next relationship that, that comes.
0: That's such an awesome way to kind of look at it. And I do think it's really important to have that self-love piece because if you can't love yourself and you can't understand what you need, you can't expect someone else to know, you know, what it is that you really need. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So another question I would have is for, you know, obviously there's like love languages and people show love in different ways. And, you know, people get relationships and maybe they're not kind of getting the love that they Really deep down need, but don't know how to, you know, talk to their partner about it or, or explain to their partner when the partner doesn't have the same love language. So how do you kind of go about working with couples who are trying to figure out how to express them like what they both need together to be able to, you know, increase their sex life or or make their relationship better or be more intimate? Um, what kind of practices or advice, you know, is there for people who are experiencing that? Because I know a lot of couples hit those walls at a certain point.
1: Sure. So the first thing is to feel the pain. So whether it's frustration, whether it's sadness, whether it's fear, shit, what happens if this isn't the person for me, whatever the feeling is that that brings up where you're not being met by your partner, let that run through your body. Number one, always feel what the contracted state is. And when you do that and you sound, what that is. So let the story run and amplify. Oh, he's never going to meet my needs. Oh, he's, why can't he just show up? Why can't he consistently love me? Or, oh my God, it hurts so much every time he creates distance to us. I wish he wouldn't feel, pull away all the time. I just want to feel close to him. So you run that story. And then once you've allowed that energy to move through your body, there's a level of vulnerability that you can then access because the charge has, has been released. Mm-hmm. And then you just breathe into your heart. And again, it's all about coming back to you, taking the emphasis off the external. You've done that by running the story and then bringing it all back to your heart, tuning into yourself and just getting real. It's like, okay, I love you. I'm here. I'm here for you, Tara. What do you actually need? What is it that you're needing in relationship? and get real with that and it's like I need to receive loving touch and be told beautiful words of affirmation every day Mm -hmm. in some way. That's absolutely important to me and I need that to be consistent whether you're tired or, you know, and and if you are needing space, you communicate that to me so I know what's going on Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's going to create safety for me. And then from that space, you're sitting down with your partner and saying, Hey, um, I'd love to have a chat about some things. Are you open for a conversation Mm -hmm. and you're giving them a choice and kind of preparing them. And then rather than, well, you do this and you do that, you speak about it in the eye and there's this beautiful communication tool called I feel I need. Mm -hmm. And you just start with what the emotion is. I feel sad. I feel scared. I feel frustrated. Not, I feel abandoned. I feel rejected. Right, that's making mm. them the perpetrator and us the victim. So just get real with the emotion, and then be really clear on what you need and make it actionable. Because when whether it's a man or a woman asking for a need, it's actually actually the masculine within each of us that are then going to put it into action and make shit happen, like the masculine, mm. masculine does. And we need specific. Actions that we can take. So then, get specific on what it is that you're needing. Hey, I'm needing twice a week that we just have no phones after dinner, and we centralize. Or hey, I'm needing um, twenty minutes of just loving touch before penetration. By the way, every woman needs that. It's scientifically proven. Yeah. You know. Or I need just to slow down in the bedroom and have like slower lovemaking as well as a really fiery ravishing lovemaking as well or vice versa. I've had it both ways in couples and, had, mm. and in my partner and had to communicate that. Yeah. And then it's there. And that would make me feel is the final. So you want to let them know how that would make you feel. That would make me feel inspired to make love. That would make me feel safe, whatever it is. And then you know what you're dealing with because if they say, I'm not interested in making love like that, at all. I'm not interested in 20 minutes of foreplay. I'm bored. Then you know what you're dealing with. And do you really want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to, you know, connect in that way for 20 minutes, or I don't feel comfortable communicating my love to you. I've, I've never done it before, so I don't want to do it. Then you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, if you're with a decent person, they're going to probably go through some type of failure room. So give them space. And then I'll mull it over and, and start trying to meet your needs, and that's how we grow together. Is when we're all communicating what our needs are, and we're teaching each other how to love. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that it's you know it's important to communicate. That's one of the biggest things that relationships sometimes can struggle on is that that lack of communication and people get have that fear of being open and honest but if you're not open and honest you're never going to get to that place of wanting what you actually need so Uh you know some i you know i've talked to people before they've been in relationships for a really long time and they're not getting what they need but they're afraid of the alternative of not being with the person so how you know how would you approach that Mm -hmm. situation where someone's been in a relationship for say five, seven, 10 years, maybe, and they're not getting the things they need. They know it Mm -hmm. subconsciously, but they're too afraid to step away from it. Whether it be, you know, fear of being alone, whether it be fear of having to start over and find someone new, but what are the kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. tactics or thoughts or behaviors they can change or be aware of to kind of make the next step and the correct step for themselves.
1: Mm -hmm. It's really letting yourself feel the fear of losing love, which is what I said before, every time, even now, even though I've been practicing this for seven years, every day and living this for seven years, I have to face the fear of losing love every time I communicate my needs. And, to feel that, it means that when you're running that, the energy of the trigger and then you feel your needs, when you feel that nervousness of like, oh my God, I can't do this, what happens if it means we break up? Then you breathe that into your body and you run that energy through your body. So whatever it is you're feeling, whatever fear it is, whatever block you're feeling, if it isn't expansive and is a feeling of love and aliveness and confidence and radiance, then it's fear and fear just holds us back. So all we need to do with the fear is not try and get rid of it, not try and change it, not neglect it or reject it, but just feel it. So then we face the fear of losing love, which is the fear of being alone, which beneath that is the fear of death. And that's what it feels like. It feels like facing our death. I cannot survive without this. And I was in a 10 year marriage. And then my second marriage was a seven year marriage and I didn't have these tools and my needs weren't met. But if you know, what's interesting is if I knew what I knew now indicated my needs and then gone through that growth process together, all the relationship would have dissolved probably within the first three to six months. Hmm. And so you face that and you run that fear because when you run that fear and you face the worst case scenario, you enter what I call the holy darkness. And the holy darkness is that place where you're just you're in it. You've felt this worst case scenario fear. And then here I still am. And then that peace, there's 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 a certain surrender that then comes. And all the energy of this fear that's out there goes. And it's like, whoa, here I am. And then that, that truth comes in, that remembering of truth of who we are, that we're, we're powerful beyond belief. It's just the mind and the ego tells us that we aren't, you know? And then the, then the positive reconditioning can come in, which is that in my own relationship and every client that I've worked with, when the relationship's incompatible and dissolves, they attract something that always meets them to a higher level. It's always more evolved than the previous relationship. It's evolution. And as long as we're doing that inner work and feeling the fear and then communicating what we need because we know we're worth it, and it's still scary. It's still scary for me. But the more I do it, the more I actually grow in power. And this last experience I had with my, my beautiful partner and I communicated my needs, I felt high afterwards (laughs) because I was loving and respecting myself so much that I'm like, wow, I, I, this is what I need. And this is what I deserve. And I love this man so dearly. And I want to spend my life with this man and and have a family together. But if my needs aren't being met, then we are incompatible and I won't do that to myself or to him because there'll just be continued conflict. And it was just, Mm -hmm. it was liberating is what it was. And That's then he awesome. just showed up. And now I'm just like, wow, so glad I communicated that. Because all my needs are being met inside and outside the bedroom. I'm like,
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome too. It does go to show. Like when you take that step and really kind of figure out what you do need. I think a lot of people struggle with that is they turn to their partner and say, you know, you were saying before, I'm, I feel rejected. I feel whatever. But they don't exactly know what it is they actually need. So it comes, I feel like a battle of you're putting everything on someone without giving a solution or giving a change of behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's difficult when you kind of try and have a conversation without understanding what it is that you actually need or want from the person to change. Um, But I'm curious for your take on this. A lot of, and this isn't everyone, and I'm not generalizing all men, but a lot of men I think struggle to kind of Unlock that emotional side or unlock that side that it has a bit of feminine energy. And so they are that masculine man. And when you come to them and you say, My needs aren't being met, they, you know, it's like a defense. It's like you're questioning the masculinity or their, you know, that side of them. So, how do you approach kind of situations with men who maybe aren't really as tapped into that side?
1: Yeah, a few things. The first thing is communicating not from the mind, but from the body. Mm -hmm. And this makes all the difference because when we're coming from the mind, there's still a level of um, projection, you could say, with a bit of finger pointing. But when they can feel our hearts longing and that we're just yearning for deeper connection and intimacy with them actually, then it takes that sting out of it. And there's not as much room for the ego to feel defensive with it. And we're leading by example through our emotional body as well. But essentially their journey into their emotional body is their journey into, the, into their emotional body. So when we're doing the inner work, And when we get triggered, we're pausing and we're taking space and we're running that energy through our body and we're beating pillows if we're angry and we're crying if we're sad. And then we show up with just our authentic, vulnerable expression. They're going to notice something different with us and there's going to be more of an openness with them. The other thing is saying to them, is there anything that you're needing in relationship? And then seeing what they're needing as well. And they'll be like, needs, what? What do you mean? (laughs) You know, if they haven't, if they're not exposed to this, this way of conscious relating, but it's really then showing them that they can tune into what their needs are. And, and it's then giving them space, you know, to go, okay, the failure wind's going to be triggered. They're probably going to retract and not then going into our love addict that then chases them and chases them and chases them and go, well, you haven't told me doing connection with him. It's like back off a little, give him some space, give him some time, let him move towards you. But you know what we're talking about, which is being self-responsible and processing our own emotional bodies and speaking with vulnerability is all well and good, but it takes time because we're not taught that. So I can share all of this with you now and you'll be like, yeah, okay, next time a trigger comes up, I'm going to pause and we're going to go process my emotional body and then I'm going to go speak vulnerably. <laughs> and when that trigger arises, we'll turn around and go, what did you just say to me? <laughs> you know? yeah. And then, and then be in defense or say it in a way it's like, Oh, I'm feeling really angry and I just need you to actually show up in the relationship. And then I'll feel actually loved. So you can use the tools as well <laughs> and be in your trigger and shit around it at the same time. So mm-hmm practice is key. And, you know, with everything that we're talking about, having a daily practice is essential because it's a reprogramming. It's a reeducation to go into the body and allow emotion to be felt and get to the vulnerability beneath the trigger, beneath the upset. And that's why, you know, like we do a one year tantra practitioner training and all of our practitioners have to do a daily practice for a year, before they do one-on-one sessions with their clients. And the same with our eight-week courses. Like we have eight-week courses on relationships, on sexuality and on power and shadow work. And every one of them, I always get students going, well, I want to click forward. It's like, no, you have to do eight weeks of your daily practice, otherwise you're wasting your money. Mm -hmm. So whatever your daily practice is, whether it's yoga or meditation or dance or ice bath, add the emotional body in there as well where you're just tuning in with breath sound and movement, it's as simple as breathing into the body, rocking the spine and just giving a, (sighs) just a sigh of what's alive for you in that moment. And then you're training the body that it's safe to express and feel whatever is alive for you in that moment.
0: Mm. Uh, That's definitely awesome. I think super helpful for, you know, people who are in relationships or not, or trying to kind of, get a hold of what they need um and i know there's a lot of misconceptions about tantra and what they believe you know to happen to be taught so in terms of the misconceptions and that like sexual relationship part of things what does tantra actually help you like learn or help you kind of uncover in the like sexual relationship side of things versus like what people might commonly think that tantra is actually like doing they don't really know yeah
1: yeah um tantra is not about orgies (laughs) and it's not about play parties and it's not about polyamory (laughs) so that just takes out like a huge percentage of (laughs) what people think tantra is (laughs) yeah um so tantra in regards to sexuality is really saying that that inner union that we have between our masculine and feminine when we get to physically experience that with another we are physically the man is inside the woman that is sacred union that is physically coming together of the masculine of the feminine that then creates the miracle of new life Like what is more sacred and powerful and friggin' magnificent than that? Yeah. And unfortunately on the planet, what we're up against is the two main schools of education, which is pornography, which is the majority of the work that we're doing with people actually is unconditioning that, which is an over exaggeration of sexual energy, Mm -hmm. which has no reverence, and it just connects at the animal. And it's it's a horrible display of the lack of sacredness Mm -hmm. within lovemaking, not discrediting the animal. It's such an important part of Tantra. It's the physical juiciness, wild expression of like passion and fire and eroticism. But it's balanced with the animal, the heart and the consciousness, what I mentioned earlier. Mm and the other side is religion that says that teaches abst- abstinence and brings in the fear and the guilt and the shame to do with re- to do with sexuality that says don't have sex it's evil it's sinful your genitals are disgusting don't touch yourself and pretty much just have sex for procreation and that's it not for pleasure so don't feel pleasure yep <laughs> And so they're the two energies that we're unconditioning. So that's a huge part of it. And then once we've released that, actually sexual energy flows naturally through the body. So that's why with sacred sexuality, for example, we do, it's like an eight week self-pleasure practice. Mm. And it really is just about tuning in to what your body needs and releasing feel guilt and shame from the nervous system. And then exploring new ways of which we find pleasure and tantra slows everything down, everything down. So it becomes a meditation where the whole body is being activated. And you know, we have pleasure receptors throughout our entire body and the, the genitals are just one part but actually the pleasure centers within the yoni, within the vagina, and within the lingam, within the cock, are linked to pleasure receptors throughout our entire body. So what we're teaching is how to touch the body using different elemental touches, essentially, earth, air, fire, water, wind, ether, to activate and aliven pleasure centres through the face, through the hair, through the neck, through the arms, through the legs, through the back, through the hips. And when we do that, what it means is that when we're activating the animal, we can breathe that pleasure and that orgasmic energy through the body because those pleasure receptors have been awakened. And you know, you hear about full-bodied multiple orgasmic. Mm -hmm. Really, all it is to simplify it, is activating pleasure receptors around the body, breathing that energy up throughout all of the body rather than just activating the animal, having a five or 10 second genital sneeze and then rolling over and cuddling. Like (laughs) it's such a small part of love making. And when you're doing that, you're then able to connect with your partner at the heart, you know, and you shouldn't be making love to someone who your heart isn't open to. And so when you're breathing the energy there, then you're in these, like, beautiful, almost teary moments of just love and adoration and bliss that they're connecting and inside each other and, and, and moving this beautiful, passionate energy together. And then when that gets breathed up to the third eye and the crown, we're bringing spirit in, mm. God, grand organized design, whatever you want to call it, yeah. life force energy. And so we're connecting this act of lovemaking with divinity and breathing that through our bodies. So then it's like between ourselves, between a beloved and with spirit as well. And and the possibilities are limitless from there of where the expression of sexuality can go. Mm -hmm. And I love it. We had a workshop on the weekend, the art of loving women, it was a men's workshop. And we were talking to the guys about how to awaken a woman's body and what happens outside the bedroom, inside the bedroom. And my partner ended up saying, guys, when you, when you really listen and receive feedback from your women and you don't take it personally and go into your failure end, and you actually, you know, do listen to what she's saying and and, and meet her needs. If that's in your truth to do so, he's like, what I found, is that then it's like making love to five different women at once because she feels safe enough to express all the different sides of the feminine. I was like, that's a really good point because then there's that safety there. So we can be in that beautiful lover flirtatious flowing energy, but we can also be the wild woman. Mm -hmm. We can also be the sacred slut. We can also be the mystic and the priestess that's singing and connecting to other realms and having DMT releases. leases that are like, you don't need mushroom journeys to, to connect with that realm. You just have yeah. force energy going through your body. You know, and the warrior energy that's like growling and that primal ravishing energy. And then that beautiful erotic mother and father energy that can just hold in a beautiful embrace, fairly moving. And then that king and queen energy where you're both just meeting each other as sovereign, powerful individuals. So lovemaking tantrically is entering a mystery. And that's what we teach people how to do is to get out of their minds, into their body, express whatever's alive, whether it's pain or pleasure and to move energy through their entire body. In the nutshell. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I love it. I think it's so, I think it's really interesting and you know a world that a lot of people should be more open to and so if someone was you know listening to this or in general had an interest in tantra whether being alone or single or being with a couple what do you think is the first step or the first kind of you know part they can take to learn about it, and get involved or join a community where would they look for it how do they find it and you know what are your kind of advice on getting started
1: I mean, I've obviously chosen the Embodied Awakening Academy mm-hmm. for a good reason because I believe yep. in what it teaches and I find it's in total integrity. So I would be listening to the podcasts on the Embodied Awakening Academy. They're taken from all of our retreats. So there's like in-workshop live experiences, mostly with Chantel Raven teaching, a bit mm-hmm. of Aaron Kleinman or other teacher and myself. And they're just brilliant. They're so powerful. And so you're getting um, exposure to all the different teachings and see whether it's a fit for you. And then if it is a fit for you, um, then either through the academy or other, or other tantra academies and schools, it's like read, read descriptions of whether it's online course and you want to do longer trainings or whether you want to attend an event and feel into your body. if You're a yes or no, that would be my advice because yeah. if the mind's going oh i'm not like the body knows the body holds all of our wisdom and so many people we get to our events is just like i just had a feeling i had to be there and i didn't understand why so trust your body that it leads you in the right direction
0: that's awesome Of what and, you're needing yeah i love all of that um i think you've been able to kind of enlighten me i'm sure enlighten to all the people who are listening to kind of what you know what is actually involved what the work is like and how it could really help you whether you are single or with a partner in kind of just opening your world more. So if people wanted to, you know, get involved, find you or the academy, how would someone contact you or reach out to you?
1: So either on Instagram at Tara Megan with a double E for Megan um or Embodied Awakening Academy but essentially the website has all of our details and there are brilliant eight week courses. Like if someone's really struggling with relationships with themselves and then outer relationships, it's all of Chantal Raven's teachings on Tatra to do with relationships. And then she's done the same for sacred sexuality and then she's done the same for ignite your power. And then, which is all around looking at our self sabotaging patterns. And then she's done the same for soul centered business. Um, and they're, they're game changers. They're like eight weeks of diving into embodiment practices in the safety of your own home and teachings. And then there's one-on-one sessions. So they're really helpful for people who just want to dive specifically into their, what their issue is and what they're wanting to resolve. Um, again, with all of our details on the website and then there's in-person events, which are just, they can be scarier for people, but. You know, like everyone comes out the other side just saying, I'm so glad I did that. When we're all collectively sharing pain and opening to pleasure, then huge, huge growth and expansion happens.
0: That's awesome. Do you guys have any upcoming retreats or events if people are in the Bali area? Because I know I do have some Bali listeners or even worldwide that um, people could, you know, join Yeah, at the moment,
1: I've got two women's workshops coming up this weekend in Bali. One's Wholeness Experience, which is an archetypal journey on Saturday. And Sunday is Feminine Wisdom Codes, which is what to not do and what to do in the dating phase and in relationships. (laughs) It's great. I love this content. Um, And then I've got a one week beckoning retreat coming up at Ravens until Ravens also running in Australia in about a week's time. And I'll be running mine last week of June, which is a seven day initiation for women into all the archetypes that I was just mentioning Mm -hmm. that can come out in the bedroom and how to integrate them with looking at the shadows of them and um, the unhealthy expression of them. And then embodying the healthy expression of them. That's amazing. Um, well, for anyone listening, and then I run Fundamentals of Tantra as well. We run that actually in Australia and mm. Bali quite regularly, which is a great introduction two-day workshop for men and women.
0: Amazing, love it. Um, I think there are so many great opportunities for people to be involved. Anyone's listening and wants to reach out to Tara or reach out to the academy or join the event, I really like. I suggest you definitely do. It's an opening a whole new door, something that I definitely would love to kind of, you know, dip my toe in and see how it is at one point, just to kind of, you know, (laughs) unlock that part of yourself as well. Um, But thank you so much for coming on. It's been great having you. You gave such great Mm. insights and teachings and a real um, great look at what Tantra really is. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And I appreciate your questions. Everyone, I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Straight to the point.
0: Straight to the yeah. point. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, everyone. Keep listening. More wonderful episodes from the Crazy Nomad. If you are a current or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect or even learn more about this lifestyle and how to build your own dream, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM with Crazy Nomad so I know you come from this beautiful community on the podcast or click link below and book a free strategy session with me to discover how we can turn your passion project or skills into an online business.